Hello and welcome to the Green Leaves Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Rizzo. Today we have on a really cool guest. Taylor Knox is a Hall of Fame professional surfer who has had one of the longest and most noteworthy careers on the ASP World Tour. Knox began pursuing his dream of becoming a professional surfer at the age of eight, and we get all into this, and he also suffered a back injury from a skateboarding accident at 15, and doctors were convinced he would never surf again. But he has, and he has gone on to have a proficient career. We talk all about his career and also his investment in a plant-based protein powder company, which is really one of the reasons I wanted to talk to him, why he uh, invested in plant-based nutrition, because obviously that's something that I talk a lot about, and what he thinks of this new protein source called Chocho. So it was a really, really interesting conversation. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. But before we dive in, I'm going to remind you to send me any DMs you have with feedback at Greenleets or send me an email, podcast at greenleets.com to let me know what you think about this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And uh, yeah, we're going to jump into that convo with Taylor right now. Hi, Taylor. Thanks so much for joining. Hi, Natalie. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm excited to chat with you today. You're the first uh, surfer I've had on. Well, that's an honor. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of us you could choose from, so th- thanks for choosing me. Well, you're plant-based, which is something that really resonates with me, which we'll talk about later, but I want to kind of start at the beginning of your journey. Um, as I was saying before we went online, I was reading your Wikipedia page. So I know that you began surfing at eight years old. Uh, when did you realize that surfing was your passion and you kind of wanted to do this for a living? Uh, a pretty young age. Um, like, a, yeah, I was started kind of, I fell in love with the ocean, basically. I was in love with the ocean way before I was in love with surfing. And um, so I just started boogie boarding when I was eight. And then I finally found a surfboard that someone let me borrow. And I think um, I think the love for the ocean came before the surfing. But then the surfing, I, I love surfing. And then also it keeps me in the ocean, something I love. So I, it was in third grade. I was sitting with my friend Damien. And we were uh, looking at a surf magazine and I told him that's what I'm going to do. And I just never changed my mind. <laughs> wow. That's, I mean, that's rare. A lot of kids say a lot of crazy things when they're young, but you went ahead and did it. Yeah, I know. It's really, I know that's a rare thing and uh, it would have been nothing wrong with changing your mind because most people do, but this, I guess that's just my, it was my escape and a place, you know, I really felt at home was in the water. <laughs> That's awesome. But I know also at 15, you had a condition with your back, right? That required nine pieces of metal installed and you had three vertebrae fused. Could you tell me about what happened there and how you recovered after that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that was a pretty traumatic event. Um, it was a hard time because at that age, you know, you're very active and you're just having fun with life. <laughs> For sure. So I, I, have a, I had a condition called spondylolisthesis. And it's where your vertebrae start as you grow. It just, it doesn't grow in line. So my L5 bottom vertebrae, it slipped all the way out to what they called a grade four. So my, my last vertebrae basically wasn't in alignment 
with my spine at all. And it was starting to like cut into my sciatic nerve. And, um, yeah, just by chance, I went in to get an x-ray thinking like, oh, it's nothing. Just give me some, you know, pills or pop it back into place. And the guy was like, oh, my God, it's the worst case I've ever seen. You should be paralyzed from the waist down. And we need to do emergency surgery with you right away. And I was wow. just kind of like, what? <laughs> I was not expecting that. Yeah, it really. So it was a really, it was a really tough time in my life because mentally I was going through a lot. And, uh, but, you know, I, I turned myself around kind of, um, after a couple months of being depressed, I, I just, my friend handed me this book and it, you got to remember this is the eighties and, you know, uh, my mom was already like a health food nut from the time I was born. So I was kind of already in, you know, I was already living a clean life as far as diet goes. And he just handed me this book. It was all about positive thinking. And, and you know, it, I kind of think, I don't know why, but I engulfed it and I changed my attitude almost overnight. And um, I was not supposed to surf for nine months. And I ended up surfing at the six month mark. So it was kind of is- like. Yeah, that that is crazy. So was the book about food and nutrition or it was just about positive, healthy lifestyle? It was kind of more, I mean, it did touch into food a little bit, but like I said, it wasn't, it's nothing like the information we have now, you know, it's just about eating protein and it, it didn't really matter what kind of protein or where you even got it. It was just, you know, have start working out and start, you know, I got into stretching a lot, which when you're a kid, you just kind of like, you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants, you know, you, <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you don't really have to kind of bear down at that age because you're gifted and you bounce back from everything. Oh yeah. So, and not to mention kids or uh, teenagers, especially a lot of times. I mean, I've seen them, I've worked with them who are incredible athletes and they're eating Burger King and McDonald's every day because their bodies can just survive on that. But to have a teenager actually realize that they need good nutrition is actually pretty <laughs> rare. <laughs> well, there was that. And like I said, my mom was a huge influence in the food part. And, you know, growing up, we, we didn't have any sugar in our house. So sugar wasn't allowed. So like, it would drive me crazy as a kid. I hated it. But, um, you know, like breakfast every morning was either oatmeal or eggs, or if I got lucky, it would, I'd have great nuts with honey on it. And that was the only sugar we had in the house. <laughs> so there was never sodas. All I wanted to eat was like Fruit Loops but I could never have it, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. What was that like when you went to friend's house? Were you oh, like, give, give me like all the day. chips, give me everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, grandma's house, man. I couldn't wait to get to grandma's house. But I'm, I would, I would also think that at that time when you recovered quicker than normal, it had to have been because of your lifestyle, your fitness and your nutrition. And granted, you're still young, but you must've been doing something differently. Yeah, I think too, like I said, is I, I feel like how you heal is how you feel. And I just started to stop feeling sorry for myself. And, and I think along with having such a, you know, a a beautiful mom that even though at the time I hated it, I look back now and I'm so appreciative that she kept us eating clean and, you know, with always thinking outside the box and not like everyone else. So in that respect, I think what happens when you take care of your body on a physical level and a spiritual level, they can, they work together. And, and I think all, all those things kind of came together once I kind of shifted my views on some things. And, um, 
you know, like, a, you know, your body can either work against you or for you. And a lot of how it works for you is by paying attention to what you're putting in it. Yeah, it and sounds he, like your mom was doing a great job also of promoting mental health, which us in the 80s was not really a thing people were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the time, people made fun of, you know, yoga people and hippies and um, and a lot of that stuff was really goofy, but there, there was some really good stuff in there. So you, you just knew how to kind of pick it. <laughs> That's awesome. I, uh, your mom, your mom sounds awesome. My mom actually also, I wouldn't say that she was against sugar or anything. Cause we definitely had some like fruit by the foot when I was a kid, but, uh, we, she cooked, <laughs> she cooked meals every night and all these things. I remember sometimes I didn't want the food she cooked and all of this stuff. And now as an adult, I look back at that and I'm like, I was so lucky to have ha- homemade food all the time. And it really influences you as an adult. You don't realize it at the time, obviously. No, you don't. And in my, you know, my mom, we never had a microwave. She didn't, you know, she didn't think radiating your food was good. And this is right when microwaves came out. So, and I've, you know, I've never had a microwave in my house. Like I haven't had, you know, I just took it out and got rid of it. And I'm not saying that microwaves are going to kill you or anything, but just there's certain things where it just kind of like takes a little bit of common sense to think like probably not the best to eat food that's cooked in lard every day. You know, like you don't have to be like, you don't need to have a degree to to live a healthy lifestyle absolutely and this so what you learned as a teenager did that persist throughout your whole life or was there ever a time where you kind of i want to say fell off the wagon when it comes to like nutrition and fitness or were you always kind of eating well i was yeah no i never fell off the wagon i've always been that way i i can't go back i mean i went took my daughter to the fair one year a few years ago and and i and i I used to love going to the fair and having fried chicken. My my daughter wanted some. So we got one and I ate a couple bites and man, I got so sick. That was like from the grease, you know, like I just don't eat greasy foods ever. And then I couldn't believe it. I was like, God, I'm, I'm like sick. And then I'm like, what's wrong with me? Cause she ate it and she was totally fine. So it took me a minute to kind of go, Oh, it's my body just kind of rejecting what I just ate. <laughs> Yeah, that's super common. And really, it's common, but it's also rare because I don't think a lot of people put two and two together that food affects how you feel, which is exactly what you just said. Like, you ate this food and you recognize that this is affecting how you feel. Yeah, and and I think if you just kind of use that small amount of common sense, and I think everyone's got, you know, if they go to the store, they can probably make better choices, you know? Like just a little bit, not, not extreme. I don't want people to think you have to go extreme to just turn the dial a little bit, just a little bit. And you'll start noticing differences and then you'll start to gravitate into that direction. Absolutely. And you just chatted about eating fried chicken, but I, I've heard that you're plant-based now, but plant-based obviously is a very ambiguous term and it means different things to different people. So what does that mean to you? And when did you decide to start eating that way? If you want to get the latest cutting edge information in the field of sports medicine, 
check out my new show, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast. I'm Mike Reinald. Each week I feature a new interview with some of the leading and emerging experts in our field so they can share their recent research, clinical experience, and best career advice. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well, my, my wife, you know, she's vegetarian and, um, and so it's like a lot of the food that she cooks and you now I just eat that way. And, and then we, I need a little bit more protein than she does. And I'm at a point now where I don't want to have, you know, I, I don't want to eat four chicken breasts a day. I just don't do it. You know, like I can't. And I was like, oh, a lot of the proteins I was getting, it was upsetting my stomach, especially whey protein for me was just, you know, I couldn't do it, but that's where and how I wanted to do it through like a blended drink, you know? So I just tried, I tried pea, I tried whey, I tried soy and all of it just kind of made my stomach not feel great. And so, you know, once I tried, I got into Makuna and I met Ricky and he introduced me to, and gave me some as, I don't know, two years ago, pretty far back you know, before this all went down and I tried it. I had an open mind to it. I kind of expected to get in an upset stomach and I didn't like, okay, I'll try it for a week. I didn't. My daughter who's 22, she works out every day. She has a really sensitive stomach. You know, she tried it and she's like, dad, it doesn't upset my stomach. I'm like, I know. It's just like, you know, the light bulb went on. Like we were just kind of blown away and so I've been taking it for, yeah, two years. I have it twice a day. And it really, I don't know, like I said, I, it's not like I don't eat food. I definitely eat food. But it, I can go a long time with, you know, this protein powder during the day without eating and feel great and fine and have completely sustained energy. So for anyone listening who doesn't know, Makuna is a plant-based protein startup that uses something called Chocho. Can you explain what chocho is? <laughs> well, it's a seed from a really pretty purple plant, purple bluish plant. Up, um, I know it's grown up in the Andes. I haven't been there myself, but between I think like eleven and fourteen thousand feet, it's been growing there for centuries. Um, it, it grows there naturally, so it, you know it's completely fine by just the rainwater it gets and. I, like I said, I'm, I'm planning a trip to Ecuador next year to go and, and visit the farms and stuff, but I know they work with the indigenous people there too, which is, is awesome. And it brings a lot of, you know, like not just money, but more opportunities for them to health care and stuff. And yeah, the, when I, when I heard the story from Ricky, I was like, wow, I can't believe, like, I haven't heard a better story from a product, not just how it's affecting the local people, but how it's affecting people's body. I haven't heard a full encompassed product like this ever. I was pretty blown away. I was like, wow, this not only, you know, works for me and doesn't upset my stomach, but the story behind it and the people behind it. I mean, I, it's, like I said, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. 
It, it's interesting because I actually just heard about this recently for the first time because there's so many different plant-based proteins now, pumpkin seed, almond flour, like a million of them. Um, and I, I don't know what the, I don't know how it works with the digestive system and why it's easier on the digestive system. And, and maybe there's not even a lot of research on it because it's so brand new, but it's really interesting because that's exactly what I read is it's, it's sustainable. Um, and yeah, it's essentially a plant-based thing. So I think people will start seeing a lot more of this popping up. Yeah, and especially for people that work out and are active because it's higher in amino, the essential amino acids than soy, whey, pea. It's, it's higher than all those other products. And it's kind of, to me, I, I kind of trips me out because I'm like, I can't believe someone hasn't found this before. You know, like, I mean, it's an, it's a beautiful thing that, you know, that gets coming out now, but wow, it's just been sitting here for centuries. It's, it is crazy. It, it's really crazy. The things that have come from South America, like quinoa, for instance, was, I mean, it's it quinoa has been around for a while now, but it's something that's like an ancient food that just became kind of mainstream in America, maybe 10 years ago. And it's crazy how these like ancient foods are now becoming like superfoods in the United States. Well, I just, yeah. And you're, you're totally correct. And I love how there's a push now for, from people. It has to, it has to come from the people, this movement of like, Hey, we don't want these processed foods anymore. It's, you know, it's terrible for our children. Um, we need, we need this stuff to be made of it. Um, you know, available to us. And, and if you go into a grocery store, my trainer would always say, he goes, just shop on the edges, never go in the aisles in between. And I said, why? He goes, well, when you walk in, there's usually right there is the fruit and veggie section. Then you go back to the meats, the fresh meats, then the fish, and you go to the other edge of the store and it's, you know, maybe your breads or whatever, but, and everything in the middle is just processed foods. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a thing. A lot of dietitians say, although I would say go into the aisle with the beans. <laughs> so <laughs> at, least, at least go down that aisle. Cause you get beans, whole grains, oils, oh. things that like, will are still considered a whole foods. So, oh yeah, absolutely. My kryptonite is chips and salsa. I just, I cannot say no. It's like, um, yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> I, uh, I'm with you and guacamole as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, there's no, there's no point in living a life without guacamole. No, I mean, but you gotta have indulgences. No one, I say this basically on every podcast, no matter who I'm talking to, no one has a hundred percent perfect diet, but you're eating well most of the time so that you have indulgences and that when you do, you don't feel that crappy when you have them. Right, exactly. And it's not like you're, you know, consistently eating a tub of ice cream every night, which I would like to do, but it's, you know, I know the final results are going to be good. Yeah, especially if you don't do well with whey, which is what's in dairy. I don't think that's going to work out for you. Yeah, <laughs> but it tastes so good when it hits your lips. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> I also, I want to talk also about the nutrition considerations for surfing is it, how is it different than other endurance sports? Are there any things that you have to consider in terms of fueling for the sport or like, how do you go about figuring out kind of your nutrition plan? Well, water first and foremost, like you got to be really hydrated because yeah. surfing's, you know, an aerobic exercise paddling and it, it's pretty rigorous, <laughs> you know, especially if the waves are big. So first of all, you gotta be hydrated. I like to mix in some electrolytes. Um, 
next thing is you need protein, um, really good amount of protein. Now I've heard that you should have a gram of protein for every pound you are, but, and that's, you know, maybe that's true or not, but I notice when I'm surfing a lot, I try to get as much protein as I can. And that's where, you know, having macoon around is great since I don't have to eat, like I said, like four steaks a day to get that amount of protein in me. Um, but so that's another important one. And then, like I said, rest, you just need to rest your body, um, at night. You know, so the guys that burn the candle at both ends is so taxing on your, on your body. And you just, you just don't surf the same way, you know, you don't surf as good. So making sure deal, that, yeah. And how do you deal with, um, so I've talked to triathletes and I find the swimming aspect to be really interesting because I, I work mostly in the runner space. So what's, what's interesting is like when you're running, you can suck down a goo or something. If you're running, like for instance, a marathon, but where you're in the water, you can't do that. So how do you deal with making sure you have enough fuel in your body to get you through something that's so taxing, but then also like not weighing yourself down? Yeah, that's the big thing, you know, because you definitely don't want to go out with like a big stomach like bloated and stomach because that's so uncomfortable laying on it and and you definitely need to so you kind of come in and, and and try to suck down some water like i said with with some protein in it and get back out there is and if you're sometimes we surf for three or four hours i used to surf for six or seven straight but you know i don't do that anymore because you know i'm not 25 anymore so but for whatever reason we pushed it back then we we never really came in for water sometimes i mean when I think about how, what I used to do, um, you know, I wish I had the knowledge I do now back then, you know, even though I was ahead of the game for my, my kind of profession at the time, I feel like, you know, it's so far advanced, you know, it's like looking back at medicine a hundred years ago to now it's, you know, it's like primitive almost when we see what we were doing. And as I think the same will go for nutrition as well, it's going to be, we're just getting better and better and, um, you know, I think right now we're in a really good place, you know, looking at all like more plant-based things. That's, that's the direction that we need to go and regenerative. And so I feel like we're in a good place right now, but we're going to get better real, you know, even we can even do better in the next 10 years. It's, it's an exciting time, I think for nutrition. That's interesting. So you were really relying on a lot of liquid calories. You just come out of the water, suck down some liquid calories, and that would kind of help you power through. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was it that because we couldn't, we didn't want to eat because we didn't want a full stomach. Yeah. So it, no, I mean, it, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's, um, it's not, it probably isn't the best thing what we were doing, you know, and then we would have a huge meal at night, you know, after we'd surf and, and that sometimes doesn't feel great either. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard because I've, I've dealt with, I've worked with swimmers who well also, I mean, surfing's different than swimming, right? Cause swimming, sometimes you're in a pool and you're inside, but surfing, you're generally in hotter climates and you don't even think about the dehydration that comes with that as well. So it's interesting. I, I, what you're saying makes perfect sense. You got to really just drink, but also have some calories in there. Exactly. And that's, that's why when, you know, I just got, I went down to Cabo last week and um i just i brought makuna with me and i just put it in my water suck it down because it's real hot down there and we're surfing all day and that's instead of going out and getting like a big lunch you know <laughs> or something like that that's how that's how i live kind of when i'm surfing on a surf trip 
Do you ever do like a pre-surf big breakfast or do you not? How did you eat before surfing at all? No, no. I hate eating uh, like a breakfast before surfing because you're, again, you're laying on your stomach. So it doesn't feel good for me anyway. I can't do it. Usually you're probably out there early anyway. Yeah, yeah. And that's where, you know, being able to like blend it with my coffee in the morning, like it works out. So that's a perfect combination for me, you know, because I like coffee and and I get my protein. (laughs) Well, now I know why you invested in this company because (laughs) clearly it's working for you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But what really got me was, was seeing the reaction my 22 year old daughter had because I, she wasn't going to lie to me. (laughs) She's real blunt and honest. And so I was like, okay, all right. getting some good, honest feedback here. So it was, it was was really cool. I, I mean, I've actually changed my tune about protein powder type of things over the years, because as a dietitian, right, we're always like food first, you know, try to get your protein for food or whatever, but I totally see, and especially with the, with the evolution of plant-based protein powders and everything, I've kind of seen the benefit of them for people, especially endurance athletes who maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe you're surfing for six hours, maybe you're running a marathon, maybe you're doing something like this, where it's very hard to get in the amount of calories you need. And then also sometimes it's hard to get in the protein that you need, especially if you're eating a plant-based diet and there's a convenience factor and, you know, there's, there's benefits. So I, I've kind of changed my tune over the years with these things. Yeah. You just, and it's fun. You get to make up recipes, you know, like for me, it's the coffee with the, the Makuna and you know, coconut milk blended together with honey. That's like my drink in the morning. I love it. And I'm good. I don't eat. I can go surf for two hours, go do stuff and not eat until lunch. No problem. Sounds delicious, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Oat milk, oat milk, oat milk works really good too. I recommend vanilla, but yeah, I'm I'm becoming more of a fan of oat milk over the years. Um, but I I also want to touch on you have an online program called Arc or Age Reverse Conditioning, which is uh, essentially kind of like a training program, right? So, do you think it's possible to really reverse the effects of aging on the body? Well, I don't think we know what we can do really because when I started out as a pro surfer, once you'd hit thirty you had to retire. The industry was like, you're too old. (laughs) So that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, but that's just their thinking. So, and people did it and I, you know, they lost like 10 years. I'm 50 and I'm still going. So what we, we don't really know. We're just, someone needs to go out and and prove something wrong. And so I feel like with movement and moderation, and good diet, you, I think the body hasn't even tapped out at all what it can do later on in life. And that's kind of what age reverse conditioning is. Like I traveled the world for 20 years on tour and I trained in all these different countries and with all these different trainers and modalities. And it was like, it was amazing. So, but I myself personally don't have a degree in one. I, But I, what I do have is all this experience. And what I did was pick the eyes out of everything I did and kind of went, well, I like that from foundation. I like that from yoga. Let's combine it with the movement that we do in surfing with, and with good technique 
And then I got into, well, recently I'm really into DNS, which is dynamic neuromuscular stability from Prague. And I'm combining that now with my surfing movements. And it's, I mean, I don't know, like at 50, I feel like I'm going to be doing my best surfing. It's interesting. It's it's interesting you say that because I was just going to ask, I think a lot of athletes, especially those who have been pro kind of beat up their body. And, you know, sometimes they do these crazy intense workouts and working out for hours at a time. So do you feel like you were always, I mean, you kind of brought up moderation, but do you feel like you've been practicing moderation over the years and it's helped you? Or do you think it's just from learning all these different techniques? Well, no, I think, I mean, like you said, yeah, I was doing a bunch of crazy workouts, um, really hard workouts, even into my mid thirties and even my late thirties. Um, you know, it was something maybe there was a little bit of ego based in it, you know, like we were having fun pushing our bodies harder and harder and harder. And then what I found out was like when I wanted to go surf, which the reason I'm training is so I can be in shape to surf, I would be tired when surf is good because I spent so much energy in my training. So now I realize like, well, I want to pull back some of the energy that I'm using in my training and I can still do incredible training. I just don't need to be as extreme. And then I got more energy to do what I really loved the most, which is surfing. So to me, it's like, as you get older, there's an energy equation of like, you know, you're almost like a battery. It's like, okay, well, where do you want to expend your energy and what do you want to expend it on? It's really, it's really amazing what rest and recovery can do. I've had trainers on here talking about how, how important it really is to be resting and kind of giving your body a break. And then I also, I mean, I just listening to you want to attribute some of your success to nutrition because I think that's probably what it is as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's no, there wouldn't be, I wouldn't be standing here or be here today if it wasn't, you know, for paying attention to what I put in my body. That's for sure. Well, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on to chat about all of this and sharing your story. And uh, I want people to know where they can find more about you and find more about Makuna. So uh, can you give us some websites or social media to follow? Yeah. Um, Arc Method. That's my training, the training courses that I do. That's, that's on, um, I think it's just Arc underscore method on, on Instagram. And then you got Makuna's on Instagram. I'm, it's super, you know, you'll just search it and find it. But um, yeah, if you look at those two, those two are a great combination um, of, of fitness, physical fitness, and then, you know, physical health and what you're putting in your body, which is the best protein I've had ever in my life. So I hope everybody tries it. Awesome. I do too. Well, thank you again. Yeah. All right, Natalie. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Natalie Rizzo. And if you want to learn more from me, follow me on social media at Greenleats or visit my website at greenleats.com.